HeyYA is sponsored by Audible. Before we get started with today's episode, we just wanted to let you know that if you're interested in trying audiobooks or have been eyeing, audible, eyeing an Audible membership, you can get two free audiobooks when you sign up for a free trial at bookriot.com audible. Most free trials offer for Audible only give you one download with your 30-day trial, but we're able to give you two. Audiobooks are a great way to work more reading into your life, whether it's for your commute, whether it's while you're cooking, while you're at the gym, or whatever. So go to bookriot.com slash audible to sign up for your free trial and get two free audiobooks. Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We are recording on Friday, May 25th, 2019. Hello. Hello. How is it going? It's going pretty good. I see you have lots of uh, exciting things going on in your world. <laughs> it's it's been a busy um, busy few weeks for work and yeah, um, which is good. It's not a bad thing. Um, I I guess I'll just dive in by saying I am reading uh, Domestic Arrangements by Norma Klein, and um, I'm reading it for the first episode of what we're calling Hey YA Extra Credit which will be running all summer long. It's a short form podcast, uh, about 15 to 20 minutes each episode, um, all about YA luminary Norma Klein and her books. Um, she's sort of, uh, you could put her in the class of like Judy Bloom. She was doing really um, cutting edge, honest, realistic fiction, like well before, um, you know, YA really hit a golden age in the mm-hmm. last couple of decades. And um, so, so, Anyone who's interested can take part. You could read the books along with me. Um, I've got a schedule of when the episodes will come out and what books I'll be talking about. I'll link that all in the show notes. And um, yeah, it should be it should be fun. Um, I'm going to have two guests during the course of the summer, and uh, the Hey YA Extra Credit will hit your feeds on opposite weeks of when Eric and I are are chatting. So you'll get an episode of Hey YA of some kind each week during the summer. Um, yes, yeah. bonus content. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a fun summer book club. Um, I wanted to, I read Domestic Arrangements a few years ago, and I wanted to read more of her work. And I was like, here's an opportunity to do that and also, like, make it book clubish, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I have two guests who will be joining me. Um, one you know really well, and uh, that's Tom Ryan. And then my other guest will be Brandy Colbert. And it should be fun. We're going to talk about, um, we, we've picked a specific title to talk about, but um, I reached out to those two to join me thinking in terms of um, Norma Klein was doing some really cool stuff in terms of discussing sexuality, discussing families, discussing um, just a lot of big topics that weren't being covered in YA uh, for quite a while. And she was doing this in the 70s and 80s. So I wanted to bring two writers who are doing this kind of work now to look back at at these books and see like what's held up, what's 
you know, really quite radical for that time, um, maybe even radical for now. And then uh, sort of how and where they see the influences of her work in current contemporary fiction. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Tom Ryan's one of my writers in my agent life. Uh, his new book just came out this week, which is a very exciting time for everybody. Yeah, no, I I haven't read it yet, but I'm really excited to. Um because I've read, I can't remember which one of his I've read before. Um, you know when you start to read a lot and it's like, I've read one of their books before, but I can't remember <laughs> which one. Um, they all just blend together. Probably that, um, oh, where's the one with the tape on the cover? Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah, the one. Maybe that mm-hmm. one? Okay. Tom, if you're Way listening, I'm sorry, I forgot the title of your book. Is it called Way to Go? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the one I think I've read. Um <laughs> So uh, I'm almost done with Domestic Arrangements, the reread, and I'll talk more about this, obviously, in the first episode, which will drop uh, June 5th, but I had already sort of annotated it from the first time I read it, which I don't normally do with books, so uh, it was interesting to go back and see like what lines resonated with me when I read it before and um, whether or not they still sort of stand out to me. But um, So when I'm not reading that book. I'm just about to finish it. I'm going to pick up um, Let Me Hear a Rhyme by Tiffany Jackson, which just came out this week. And I'm going to pick up The Exact Opposite of OK by Laura Steven, which is out next month and is about slut shaming and the impact that slut shaming can have um, on an individual. So what about you? What are you reading? What's on your radar? Yeah, well, I'm still picking through We Hunt the Flame uh, by Hafsa Faisal. Um it's just this incredibly lush, epic YA fantasy that, like, makes you read every page. Like, usually <laughs> when I'm really into, like, a YA book, the pages breeze by, you know, I can... Sometimes I can skip a page, which is terrible, but I do it. Um, but this one, you, you you cannot do that. And I'm taking my sweet time. It's it's delicious. And, yeah, we have an event together at the end of June, so I can't keep savoring it for too long. So I, <laughs> I need to, like, power through it. But, um, yeah, it's great. And it, it debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Last week, which is excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm also picking up some older titles due to some research in like my writing life, which is always fun. Um, I'm rereading Feral Youth by Sean David Hutchinson. Mm. Um, it's this great YA like novel in an anthology where this group of ten teenagers uh, is like left in the wilderness where they're supposed to learn some lessons about how to turn their lives around. One of those sort of wilderness survival camps, uh, and each character tells a story, um, which they all vary in genre, and it's all inspired by the Canterbury Tales. Um, it's just really fun, unique anthology, and I just really love it. Um, it's fun to dig back in and spot the things that I didn't really notice before. Um, I really want to read Brave Face. I pre-ordered it. I need to. Uh, Oh, excuse me. I need to sit down and, and, and read yes, that one. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I want all the YA nonfiction in my life. Um, <laughs> but speaking of books uh, showing up in the mail, um, have you ever, like, been sent a book that you feel like, I don't know, you're like, oh, this is a big book, but I haven't heard about it yet? Um, so I got sent a copy of, like, Eve of Man by Giovanna Fletcher and Tom Fletcher, which it looks like it came out last year somewhere else and is just coming out this year in the States. Uh, have you heard of this one? I haven't, but I feel like I've seen it for the exact reason that you just said. I feel like it was one that maybe was in the UK and I was think it is. yeah, yeah. It was like it was a big UK book. Um, I can't remember where I saw. You know, like you peruse catalogs sometimes and mm-hmm. you see stuff. Um, and but yeah, I haven't heard anything beyond like what I saw 
there. Yeah, well, I got a copy in the mail, and, like, sometimes you could tell. Like, you look at a cover and see how well it's designed and all that. Like, okay, this is meant to be a good big book. And um, basically, it feels like it's, like, a, a YA, like, children of men sort of book where, like, you know, there hasn't been a – sort of the jacket copy uh, – is that it's it's about the first girl born in fifty years? Uh, the world's waited for her. Um, she's the last girl on Earth. Uh, all her life, she gets kept away from the opposite sex. Um, now she's sixteen, and she has to face her destiny. There's men that have been chosen for her. The future of humanity is in her hands. Um, but she's in love with uh, some boy, uh, and she wants control over her life. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty into the the premise of like a children of men style YA novel from. The actual surviving person, which is what this sort of sounds like. Um, yeah, it comes out in June. And I haven't heard a lot of buzz about it yet, so I'm, I'm excited to read it. And, uh, yeah, publishing's weird sometimes. You mm-hmm. know, like, these big books. And I'm like, oh, I haven't heard about it yet. So, yeah, I don't know. Looks interesting. <laughs> yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, let's dive in yeah. to our first sponsor, which is Birthday by Meredith Russo, uh, which I can't wait to read. Yeah. My my library just, um, oh, I have a funny library story. So do you remember like way back uh, the first episode of the year where I said I didn't want to have like more than $30 in fines all year? Uh-oh. Yeah, I met like, I don't know, way like three <laughs> digit numbers that don't start with one. And um so my library just transitioned to a new consortium, so they'll have access to a whole bunch more books. And I, I looked up birthday, and um, I haven't like put my information in yet to update it because that involved getting my card out from my bag, and that was work. Um, <laughs> like that's a weekend project, right? And um, so I could request this book. Anyway, so today I see that my my library um, my library and I tweet back and forth at each other. It's great. And um, they posted this thing about how being part of this new consortium means that you can now get text messages when your books are going to be due. Ooh. <laughs> I Uh-oh. responded to them and I said, next time you can just at me. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I only had to pay a $6 fine this time, which oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, not too bad. You know, that's like. Five books, a couple days overdue. Like, yeah. That's not too bad. I was getting concerned that maybe you were one of those people that it's like, all right, it's cheaper to just say I lost the book and then pay for the book uh, and then <sighs> pay the fines. <laughs> no, but I have had to replace three books this year. Um, so now I own three <laughs> books that like I didn't intend to own um, <laughs> because um, of an incident with a case of seltzer and some very cold weather. I mean, you know, put together with... With that, what you will. But um, <laughs> anyway, so on to our sponsor. <laughs> uh, our first sponsor is Birthday by Meredith Russo. From the award-winning author of If I Was Your Girl, Meredith Russo uh, comes a heart-wrenching and universal story of identity, first love, and fate. Six years of birthdays reveal Eric and Morgan's destiny as they come together, drift apart, fall in love, and discover who they're meant to be and if they're meant to be together. Meredith Russo is the award-winning author of If I Was Your Girl, uh, which won the ALA Stonewall Book Award. Birthdays about two teenagers who meet on each of their birthdays as they drift apart and come back together, and it's a heart-wrenching and universal story of identity, first love, and fate. Thanks to Birthday by Meredith Russo for sponsoring the show. Uh, let's let's start our show with like our heaviest topic, and then you know lighten up the mood after after we sounds like a plan. 
Yeah, so um, let's talk about abortion and reproductive choice in YA. Um, mm-hmm. Given all of the political news about uh, abortion rights lately, it felt appropriate to talk about it. But also, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've certainly noticed it and, and believe I sent a um, YA newsletter out about it earlier this year. 2019 seems to have a lot of YA abortion books going on, yeah. which is great. Um, part of me wonders if it was spurred by like 2016 election stuff. Um, you think people take a year to write and then a year for editing and publishing? That would make sense that it would be about 2019 that we would see sort of a, a rise in them. Um, but they, they feel relevant to, to dive into now. So, um, before I hit my first one, um, I wanted to note that a lot of the ones I found and that I've read are from the point of view of the person who's pregnant, um, which um, you kind of like you would expect that to be the case. And, and it's very common. But there is one, um, an older title called I Know It's Over by C.K. Kelly Martin, which is about a boy who discovers that his ex-girlfriend is pregnant, and um, it follows his emotions and experiences um, as he relates to her pregnancy and her ultimate decision to seek an abortion. And I wanted to t- toss that out because it's a it's an older book, it's a really great book, and also offers sort of that um, I was the other person in this relationship, but I'm not the one who is... Um, pregnant and has to make that choice yet like it's still um going to impact me in some capacity that's really interesting i'll have to I'll look that one up yeah um i want to say it's almost 10 years old now mm-hmm. um but it's, it was great it's a it's a great one um my my first one that i'm going to go a little more into depth about is finding yvonne by brandy colbert and i don't know if if you feel the same way I do, but I feel like this is her most underrated YA. Oh, um, yeah. No, I agree. You know, like, you see Point on lists all the time, mm-hmm. and, like, Little Lion won the award, and it's been all over the place, but this one didn't get as much buzz, and it should have. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's about a girl named Yvonne who is about to graduate high school and doesn't know what she wants to do um, when she gradu- graduates. She's been a violin player for years and years and years um, and doesn't know if she wants to continue doing that. And she knows that she's like not good enough for conservatory. So she's at this point like, I don't know what I'm going to do after high school. And... Um, her father is this well-known chef. He runs a restaurant, and um, she's never been particularly into cooking, but she finds herself falling for baking and also falling for the sous chef of her father's restaurant. Um, she's having a bit of a strained relationship with her dad, and so when Yvonne finds out she's pregnant and might not be be sure who the father is. Um, she has to decide what to do, not only about the pregnancy, but also about her relationships, both um, those with her partners as well as the one she has with her father. Um, I thought that the abortion decision in this this book was one of the most powerful I've read, and it's a really pivotal moment in uh, mending those strained relationships in Yvonne's life. Um, I love this one. And when I finished reading With the Fire on High by Elizabeth Acevedo uh, last month, it made me think a lot of this book. And I think these two would be uh, really interesting paired together and, and make for great read-alikes. 
Um, and that is Finding Yvonne by Brandy Colbert. Oh, man. So the fire on high, and I'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, I ran into a little situation uh, <laughs> this uh, this week, where, uh, or last week, rather, where my, my Book of the Month Club edition showed up. Uh, my pre-ordered copy showed up because it's Elizabeth Acevedo and I pre-order, you know, of course, I'm going to pre-order her book immediately. And I forgot that I had pre-ordered that book. Um, a review copy showed up and then a subscription box that I signed up for, uh, called, uh, margins box, which I, I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, showed up in the mail and the theme was the fire on high. So I have four copies <laughs> of this book in my house right now. There's going to be you, a Twitter giveaway in the near future. <laughs> would you say that your love for that book put the fire on high? <laughs> I would say. I would say so. <laughs> that was really bad, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they're also stacked up on high on my bookshelf. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of them. <laughs> let me see. So with my picks, let me see. Um, oh, goodness. I want to bring up The Cheerleaders by Kara Thomas. Um so I love Kara Thomas's like dark wife thrillers and mysteries. Um, and in this one, uh, it's a story about a squad of cheerleaders who are, um, well, they all start dying and getting murdered. Um, and a teen girl is picking up the pieces years later um, in this really twisted story. Uh, it digs into major themes like family trauma and abortion. Um, and it's just stunning from, from start to finish. Um, yeah. Scoop this one up and, and scoop up. Uh, is Little Monsters her first book? No, no, it's not. Um, she wrote a series under a, like, a, not a different name. It's similar to her name. Um, that feature, I can't remember the name of the series. There were, like, three of them. Um, but they were in those, like, um, Catholic schoolgirl uniforms. Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember the name of them. But um, I think that Little Monsters was her first, like, thriller. Oh, uh, I book. see. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Tackle some heavy themes uh, with lots of mystery and, and dark twists. Um, yeah, find out why there's no more cheerleaders in Sunnybrook. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Oh, yeah. It's... And that cover is so evocative. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, for sure. My next one is Bright Burning Stars by A.K. Small. Uh, it's a ballerina book that just came out and follows two girls, Marine and Kate, who have been best friends since they began studying at the Paris Opera Ballet School. And now they've reached the end of their studies and um, they're sort of at this point where their lives are going to change forever because one might be able to become a career uh, ballerina and the other one might not. Uh, it's a really highly competitive school, and despite all of their best promises to not become enemies, Maureen <laughs> and Kate, uh, well, of course, senior year, are struggling with this. Um, Maureen is a French girl, and Kate is the uh, quote-unquote wild American girl, and uh, one of the girls becomes pregnant uh, at this point in her her schooling and her career, and uh, she knows that this has the potential to completely derail her future, uh, both in the academy and in ballet altogether, so she seeks out an abortion. Um, But... What's interesting is because of the setting and uh, the lack of parental and adult oversight in an institution like this, uh, as well as the secrecy around this pregnancy, the abortion here uh, doesn't go too deep, but it's there and it's a really important and vital part of the story, as well as an important part of the relationship between the two girls. Um, 
and I'm just gonna toss this out there, uh, it's a ballet story, so in addition to knowing that um, there's competition, be aware that anybody who has, um, who is triggered by discussions of body image and eating disorders, just read this with care, or, um, you know, be aware going in that that will be a topic that's, yeah. that's tackled as well. And that is Bright Burning Stars by A.K. Small. Yeah, I have an early copy of that sitting on my, on my, uh, my bookshelf. I'm going to have to dig into that one. Um, so my next one uh, is from an author I think you know, Kelly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Ask Me How I Got Here by Christine Hepperman. Um, you know, I don't know what it is about like YA books about runners, uh, but I love those books. Maybe it's because I'm useless at running and <laughs> I would be the one left behind in like the YA apocalyptic novel. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not the team who makes it to the epilogue. It's, it's, it's all over. <laughs> That's happening. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, an inverse uh, YA novel about a teen who has an abortion and finds herself uh, wrestling it with it, uh, with it afterwards. Um, you know, she starts, uh, you know, she starts having this sort of like spiral where like she's just not motivated to do anything anymore, and she's debating if it was the right decision. Um, until she reconnects with somebody who also had a similar experience and had her own dark uh, sort of time in her life. Um, yeah, I think she was one of. Which anthology of yours was she in there, Kelly? She was only your books. She was in Don't Call Me Crazy. She wrote this really great piece about um, mental illness and horror, and how oh. women are mm-hmm, how de- women are depicted as crazy in in various horror movies. Oh, excellent! Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Ask me how I got here by Christine Hepperman. It's been a while since I've seen another book from her. Like I know she had a book before this one with Green Willow about it was like something about Snow White with the apples. Uh, yeah, um, poisoned apples. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure this is the first YA inverse novel I, I actually read in my adult YA life. Oh. So uh, yeah, I'd like to see more from her. And that's uh, yeah. Ask me how I got here by Christine Hepperman. My next pick is Aftercare Instructions by Bonnie Pipkin. Uh, it came out last year, I believe. It's a debut novel about a girl named Genesis who's named that after the band and after the Bible. Um, and she has an abortion. Peter, who is the baby's father, leaves Genesis alone at the Planned Parenthood. And the story weaves backward and forward from this moment when she's um, pursuing this abortion. The flashbacks are written in a play format with the three-act structure, and it's woven really, really smartly. Uh, yeah, as uh, Genesis is a former actress. Um, and it, it kind of looks at her growing up in a really dysfunctional household, uh, dealing with family drug addiction issues and mental illness, and a family that's literally in pieces. Um, I I love that Jen is kind of an unlikable character in this. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it starts with an abortion and um, evading everybody in her family who loves her and uh, leaving a party to make out with an ex that she brought her new love interest along for the ride. Like, it's this, like, wild, you know, situation after situation. Um, and she's just making these poor choices in light um, of having these other expectations put on her. Like, this is sort of her way to find herself. Um, it came out last year. There wasn't a whole lot of fanfare, but I think it really deserves a lot more attention. Um, it's a really, really well-written book. And uh, I'm waiting for the next Bonnie Pipkin title, uh, which I hope we get soon. Uh, yeah, and this one was Aftercare Instructions by Bonnie Pipkin. Yeah, okay. So uh, 
Let's see. Okay, so uh, for my next few picks, I just want to like give like a quick like two bullet list uh, because we talk about them all the time, and I think they're uh, uh, worth mentioning. And without getting our I don't know, our audience fed up that I keep talking about the same people. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to bring up uh, Things I Can't Forget by Miranda Kennelly. Um, it's about a teen girl at a Christian camp who wrestles with uh, the guilt that she helped her best friend get an abortion. And uh, The Truth About Alice by Jennifer Matthew. Um, a teen is rumored to have had an abortion. Uh, and the book dives into uh, slut-shaming into a really big way. Uh, yeah, definitely read that one by Jennifer because I... I I don't know about you, Kelly, but I feel like when the Moxie movie comes out, uh, there's going to be a lot of us that are like, well, you know, I read Jennifer's books <laughs> before. So I want you to be able to join our club. Of, our uh, smug club? Yes, our smug club. Uh, yeah, so pick that one up. <laughs> and you, you have a couple more, right? Uh, I have one more. Oh, okay. And it's uh, called What Every Girl Should Know, Margaret Sanger's Journey by J. Albert Mann. Um, I haven't read this one, and despite the name of the author maybe being unclear, uh, this is someone who identifies as a she. Uh, I had to look up the author because I was like, J. Albert Mann. I've never never heard of them before. Um, mm -hmm. So this book came out earlier this year, and it's a fictionalized biography of Margaret Sanger, a.k.a. the woman who created Planned Parenthood. Um, and it's a book about her younger years in particular. Since I haven't read it, I'm just going to read the description. It's pretty short. Uh, Margaret was determined to get out. She didn't want to clean the dirty dishes and soiled diapers that piled up day in and day out in her large family's small home. She didn't want to disappoint her ailing mother, who cared tirelessly for an ever-growing number of children, despite her incessant cough. And Margaret certainly didn't want to be labeled a girl of promise, quote-unquote, destined to become either a teacher or a mother, which seemed to be a woman's only options. As a feisty and opinionated young woman, Margaret Higgins Sanger witnessed and experienced incredible hardships, which led her to groundbreaking work as an advocate for women's rights and the founder of Planned Parenthood. This fiery novel of Margaret's early life paints the portrait of a young woman with the passion and courage to change the world. Uh, that's really good. I want to pick it up. Yeah. Um, that is What Every Girl Should Know, Margaret Sanger's Journey by J. Albert Mann. Oh, and now we are on to our next sponsor. Mm-hmm. All right, so for sponsor number two uh, is BookCon. Do you love YA books? Then you have to check out BookCon this summer, June 1st and 2nd in New York City. BookCon is a celebration of storytelling happening packed with your favorite YA authors and new ones to discover. Hear John Green talk about the new Hulu series Looking for Alaska. Or get your book signed by Lee Bardugo, Tommy Adimi, Cassandra Clare, and more. Meet up with other book lovers, snag copies of books before they're released, and explore this event packed with bookish goodies and Instagrammable moments. A celebration of storytelling where books and pop culture collide, BookCon is taking place June 1st and 2nd in New York City. It's the best place to meet many of your favorite authors, get your book signed, and be the first to get an unreleased book or find out what's up and coming. BookCon is an immense, immersive experience that features interactive, forward-thinking content, including Q&As with the hottest celebrities, autograph sessions with authors, special screenings from book-to-TV or book-to-film adaptations, and so much more. Uh, and that is BookCon, taking place this summer and, oh boy, next week. Well, the week <laughs> after we're recording, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm going to let you introduce this this particular topic. Uh, we're lightening up the mood a little bit here. All right, so while Kelly and I were uh, thinking about what we wanted to talk about next, uh, we started kicking around the idea of Beach Rage, which is something we... 
we kind of don't like, you know, like the idea that this book is, you know, only fluffy enough to be read on the beach. So we kind of thought, why don't talk about like literal beach reads? <laughs> I, uh, when Eric was like, how about beach reads? I was like, please, can we not talk about beach reads? Um, I, I hate the sell of books as beach reads. Uh, one, because I get 20 million, you know, publicity emails about how such and such a book makes a great beach read. Um, here's the thing. These all overestimate how much the average person who does not live by a beach goes to the beach. And like as somebody who is, you know, in the Midwest and my beach is a very dirty Lake Michigan, um, I don't go to the beach very much. So beach reads is like super meaningless to me. Um, (laughs) You know, Uh, that said, that said, uh, if people really go to the beach so much as to justify like 50 book lists on every book website and publicity email for beach reads. I want that kind of life. Like I want that kind of free time to go to the beach and just like hang out and read all the time. Like I would, you know, I'd I'd be all for it. Um, That said, when you brought this up, like I immediately started thinking about Dawn from the babysitters club (laughs) because um, she would go on a lot of beach adventures and Mm -hmm. I was like researching uh, the titles that I wanted to talk about. And like she had, you know, she has beach themed titles Um, probably because she was a Californian girl, you know, she grew up by the beach. So obviously, Um, wow, that was like a tangent I went off on. That was way funnier in my head. (laughs) Uh, I get it. I, I appreciate it. Good, good. Um, for listeners who weren't, you know, listening in when Eric and I had our pre-recording talk, uh, I was out late last night and up early this morning, so caffeine is still, like, not at full capacity here. <laughs> Do you want to go first while I, like, yeah. you know, fix my ego? <laughs> so so my first uh, literal beach read is Salt by Hannah Moskowitz, because, uh, you know, Sailing the ocean, hunting monsters. For those of you who are afraid to go in the water, want to chill out on the sand because there are monsters in the ocean, this might be the perfect one for you. Uh, even though their parents disappeared during a hunt three months ago, uh, 17-year-old Indy and his siblings, Belazar, Oscar, and Zulu, continue to roam the Mediterranean on their sailboat and hunt down monsters. Uh, but Indy yearns for a more settled life for his family, and he hopes his parents' journal, with tantalizing hints of a treasure, uh, will provide them with all the means of escape from their nomadic and dangerous life uh, before it's too late. So kick back on the sand, avoid the monsters, and let the characters in Hannah's uh, book hunt them for you. And that is uh, Hunt by uh, Hunt Salt <laughs> by <laughs> Hannah Moskowitz. My first one is The Prince of Venice Beach by Blake Nelson. Mm. And I know I've raved about Blake Nelson's books before. I think here... Um, I think he does some of the best teen voices that show um, really, really keen insight into, like, how teens talk and act. Um, And he's been doing this for a long time. But uh, this particular book is about a boy named Robert Callahan who goes by the nickname Cal. And he happens to be a teen runaway. He's got a pretty decent setup at Venice Beach, um, even though he doesn't have any real direction in his life. Um, And and yet things... um, get a little bit complicated when a private investigator approaches Cal about helping him find a lost teen. And and Cal is kind of into it, like the idea of a private investigator approaching you um, and asking for help with something. Um, he is like, okay, cool. And then he has this realization that there are 
a lot of people like him living in the same place that simply don't want to be found. And now he has to decide whether he will help this private investigator or he'll remain loyal to the other young people who, like him, have left homes that they would prefer not to return to. Um, and that is The Prince of Venice Beach by Blake Nelson. All right. So my next one is uh, The Trouble with Destiny by Lauren Morrill. Um probably my favorite YA from Lauren Morrill's catalog of YA rom-coms that I adore. Um, it takes place on a, uh, on Destiny, which is a, uh, well, it's a boat. And guess what? There's going to be some problems on that boat, as you can tell from the title. So, uh, it's about a girl who's uh, band is on a band trip on one of these luxury cruise ships, uh, and there's a chance to potentially win $25,000 that might just save uh, her high school band from going under, um, but there's lots of problems involving uh, sort of offbeat romances, other bands, uh, a show choir, and all kinds of uh, mayhem that you would expect in a, a massive music competition. Uh, and then the ship breaks down, and all the plans start to fall apart. Uh, so what is it like to be trapped on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean uh, with a bunch of uh, talented teens who are playing to battle it out for a lot of money? Um, it's a ton of fun. It's super funny. Uh, it's very underrated. So uh, pick this one up uh, and be happy that you're not on that ship uh, because you're laying on the beach <laughs> reading this one. And that's The uh, the Trouble with Destiny by Lauren Morrill. Even if it's just the beach in your head. Yeah. My next pick is going to surprise no longtime listeners. It is The Lake Effect by Erin McCahan. Um, anytime I get to talk about this book is a good time to talk about this book. Mm -hmm. And it has a little bit of everything. It's got a teen boy who takes a job at a touristy beach area in Michigan. He uh, is helping keep an eye on an elderly eccentric woman who enjoys attending funerals for fun. And it has a girl who the boy begins to fall for. Um, and she is struggling with a health condition that we rarely see in YA and that embarrasses her enough to keep it a secret as well as to keep uh, a distance away from her. Uh, it's a romp of a read with a lot of substance and naturally as somebody who lives not too far from the lake, um, the term lake effect, the lake effect is like a real thing. Uh, you know, you get cooler by the lake in the winter, a little bit warmer or cooler by the lake in the summer, a little bit warmer in the winter. Um, and so it's like, it's a thing about the beach um, in the Midwest. Like, yeah, I'm sure, you know, real beaches are great, but we have the lake effect, darn it. And, and we're going to own it. Um, that is the lake effect by Erin McCahan. Yeah. You like that book. I, uh, I know to... you need to read it. I really do. Uh, let's see. So my next one is, uh, The Sandcastle Empire by Kayla Olson. I actually haven't read this one, but look at the title. Sandcastles. <laughs> that is the thing people have been known to make on the beach. Uh, so let's <laughs> read the description here. Um, before the war, Eden's life was easy. Air conditioning, ice cream, long days at the beach. Then the revolution happened and everything changed. Now our powerful group called the Wolf Pack controls the earth and its resources. Uh, Eden has lost everything to them. They killed her family, her friends, destroyed her home, imprisoned her. Okay, so this sort of veers away from, like, the typical beach read sort of situation, <laughs> I feel. Um, she knows the coordinates to the only neutral ground left in the world, a place called Sanctuary Island, and is desperate to escape to its shores. Uh, she finally reaches the island and meets the others resistant to the wolves, but their solace is short-lived when one of the new friends goes missing. Braving the jungle in search for their lost ally, they quickly discover the sanctuary is filled with lethal traps and an enemy they never expected. Uh, and that is The Sandcastle Empire by Kayla Olson. 
My next one is How It Feels to Float by Helena Fox. This one, this one just came out. Um, and while I've got a copy of it on my TBR, I haven't had time to read it yet. Um, but all the reviews for it are excellent. It's got like a whole bunch of starred reviews. Um, and it's a mental health themed book. So it's clearly right in my wheelhouse. Um, just a matter of can only read so much, you know, at a time. Um, so I'm going to read the description of this one. I hate doing that, but I'm going to, um, biz knows how to float. She has, she has her people, her posse, her mom and the twins. She has grace and she has her dad who tells her about the little kid. She was who loves her so hard and who shouldn't be here, but is Mm. so biz doesn't tell anyone anything. Not about her dark runaway thoughts, not about kissing Grace or noticing Jasper, the new boy. And she doesn't tell anyone about her dad because her dad died when she was six. And Biz knows how to float right there on the surface. Normal, okay, regular, fine. But after what happened on the beach, first in the ocean, then in the sand, the tethers that hold Biz steady come undone. Dad disappears and with him all comfort. It might be easier, better, sweeter to float all the way away, or maybe stay a little longer, find her father, bring him back to her, or maybe, maybe, maybe there's a third way Biz just can't see yet. And that is How It Feels to Float by Helena Fox. Oh, man. Um, so I'm going to give two quick hits that I've talked about on here before, and that is uh, The Lifeboat Click by Kathy Parks, uh, which is literally a click on a lifeboat. <laughs> and all the drama you could imagine that would occur uh, during that. Uh, and then The Sound of Us by Ashley Poston. Um, this is a debut from the author who wrote uh, Geekarella and Heart of Iron. Um, it's about a teen running a music venue dive bar sort of place down the shore. Uh, doesn't really want to be there, but is running it anyway because it's the last thing that she has that connects her to her dad. Um, and maybe she falls for a pop star that she hates uh, <laughs> who she runs into down there. It's a, a fun uh, YA rom-com uh, full of music and heart. Um, that's The Lifeboat Click by Kathy Parks uh, and The Sound of Us by Ashley Poston. Uh, and I've got one quick last one, and it's A Very Large Expansive Sea by Tahara Mafi. Uh, set in 2002, exactly one year after the 9-11 attacks, the book follows Shirin, a Muslim-American girl, as she navigates the reality of her identity and her appearance in a world that is super unkind to her, and that's putting it really lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a story about finding and owning yourself as well as a love story and what it means for someone like her to fall in love with a white boy at a time where it's really quite unsafe to do that. Um, it was just option for a movie, too, so they're working on adapting it um, as well, and that is A Very Large Expansive Sea by Tahara Mafi. All right, and next we want to talk about another thing that goes on uh, when it comes to beach reads is, is summer to be reads. <laughs> yeah, we're going to just do some quick hits on like what's sitting on top of our TBR um, for the summer. And I, I can go first. Um, sure. My first one is, it, it's fitting with the beach reads one, uh, even if the title isn't necessarily. Uh, it's Start Here by Trish Doler. Uh, I've read and loved every single one of Trish Doler's books, so I know that this one is uh, going to be no different and more. I know it's a summary book, uh, which makes it perfect for a hammock reading session or two. Um, it's a book about a, two girls who were supposed to go on this sailing trip with a third friend, but that third friend dies suddenly. Uh, 
Yet that girl had left them a list of clues leading them to destinations to visit on their trip. And the book is about uh, their grief over losing their best friend who really held the three of them together and whether or not the friendship between those two is strong enough to withstand that loss and to, um, you know, make them closer and to really allow them to bond together. Um, and that is Start Here by Trish Doler. Nice. So, yeah, honestly, I'm just out here trying to finish We Hunt the Flame. That's really <laughs> my summer goal right now. Um, but I really like to read uh, Daniel Jose Older's second middle grade novel, I'm sorry, uh, in his Dactyl Hill Squad series. Um, it came out just a few weeks ago, and I've got it sitting here. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the series, uh, it's set in a world where dinosaurs roam during the Civil War, uh, and some orphans train to fly on pterodactyls, and it's just so imaginative and thrilling, and there's dinosaurs, and a diverse cast of kids, and I just really love the first book, and I'm just excited to read every book that comes after. Um, so yeah, that's a middle grade pick. I'm sorry, uh, Daniel Jose Older's uh, second Dactyl Hill Squad book. Uh, my next one is We Speak in Storms by Natalie Lund. Uh, someone in publishing, I don't know who, knows how I feel about disaster books with tornadoes and ordered this one specifically for me. Um, <laughs> it's not out until I think the first uh, Tuesday in September, but I've got a copy and it's a nice big book, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy it this summer. Um, and I'm going to read the description because I, don't, I haven't read it yet, other than knowing it's a tornado book. Um, Description reads, it's been more than 50 years since a tornado tore through a drive-in movie theater in tiny Mercer, Illinois, leaving dozens of teens, a whole generation of Mercerites, dead in its wake. So when another tornado touches down in the exact same spot on the anniversary of the small-town tragedy, the town is shaken. For Brenna Ortiz, Joshua Calloway, and Callie Keller, the apprehension is more than just a feeling. Though they seem to share nothing more than a struggle to belong, the teens' paths continue to intersect, bringing them together when they least expect it and perhaps when they need it most. Both the living and the dead have secrets and unresolved problems, but they may be able to find peace and move forward if only they work together. And that is We Speak in Storms by Natalie Lund. Nice. That sounds great. Um... Oh, man, I already talked about this one. I was going to mention uh, with the fire on high again. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to read one of my four copies uh, over <laughs> the course of the summer. Um, yeah, those are really my only picks there. What else do you have? I've got one more. Um, it's I Want to Be Where You Are by Christina Forrest. Uh, when we did our show with Alyssa Weiss a couple weeks ago, she mentioned to me uh, that this was a ballet book. And for some reason, like it didn't connect when I'd read the description or seen the cover that that would, that it was. Um, because I was so caught up in being excited that this is a road trip book featuring a girl of color um, at the helm, which, interestingly, something we talked about with our other previous guest, Patrick Flores Scott, um, and how it's sort of a rare thing to see. So this book like has all of my interests like in one book, um, with comparisons to Jenny Han and to Sundia Menon, meaning it's also a rom-com. Uh, and this is the quick description of it. When Chloe Pierce's mom forbids her to apply for a top spot at the dance conservatory of her dreams, she devises a secret plan to drive 200 miles to the nearest audition. But Chloe hits her first speed bump when her annoying neighbor Eli insists upon hitching a ride, threatening to tell Chloe's mom if she leaves him and his smelly dog geezer behind. <laughs> 
So now mm-hmm. Chloe's chasing her ballet dreams down the East Coast. Two unwanted but kind of cute passengers in her car, butterflies in her stomach, and a really dope playlist on repeat. And awesome. then it's I Want to Be Where You Are by Christina Force. It sounds awesome. Yes. Uh, is that our show? I think that's it. Oh, sweet. Uh, thanks, y'all, for tuning in this week. If you have any feedback about the show, you can leave it on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing, and it helps other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. Thanks to my giant cup of tea for helping me get through this. <laughs> Thanks to Eric's dog for always bringing some excitement to the show. Thanks to our listeners who continue to listen to us talk about the same three or four books over and over <laughs> again. If you're still at this point going, is she ever going to end? Uh, no, but uh, I have to. Uh, you can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars, and you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. We'll talk to you again in two weeks. <laughs>